is who who answered a call. First Samuel chapter three, verses one through four. That's going to be our main text, but we're going to, we're going to dive into the word if that's all right. Amen. First Samuel chapter one, I mean, chapter three, verses one through four, read as such. In the New King James, it says, Then the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamps of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was and while Samuel was lying down that the Lord called Samuel and he answered here I am here I am now before I really get into the text and start digging deep I want kind of want to set up and unpack where how we got to this this point let me start off with a backdrop if you will uh if you're not familiar with the story you may not know how the child samuel ended up living in the temple with the prophet eli see samuel's mother was barren and all her family and friends around her they all had children and and they 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 didn't treat her kindly because she was barren. So she prayed that God would give her a child. And God gave her a son. Soon as, as soon as he was weaned, she delivered him to the prophet Eli for the service to God in the temple. Now, a lot of times we, we, we hear about somebody praying and it's like God answered the prayer, but sometimes it takes a little extra effort. Look at ver- chapter one of 1 Samuel verse, verse 12. She, as she continued praying before the Lord, as she continued Praying before the Lord. That indicates to me that it wasn't just one prayer. She continued praying before the Lord. Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart. She was praying. Only her lips moved and her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli the prophet took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said to her, how long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered, no, my Lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. How many of you all know that sometimes when when trouble comes or when situations arise that you have to Pour out your soul before the Lord. Sometimes you have to continue praying to get what you want. Now, now Hannah, not only did she pray, she made a promise to God. Hannah promised, Lord, if you give me a son, 
If you give me a son, not only will I make sure that he is raised up to know you, but moreover, I will give him to into your service for all of his life. That's that's saying I really want this. And not only do I want it, I'm ready to take a step forward to make things happen. Then Eli answered to, to, to Hannah. He said, go in peace. And the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made. So the prophet of Israel at the time basically is saying, God's going to grant your wish. Amen. How many of you all know that sometimes the prophet will give you what you want. Sometimes the prophet says wait and sometimes he says no. But the reality is in this situation Hannah was given exactly what she was praying for. Uh, Samuel was born to Hannah. He grew up a very short time with Hannah. In fact, the word of God says that Hannah took Samuel to Eli as soon as he was weaned. In other words, she consecrated him to the work in the temple as a baby. As soon as he was weaned from her, she consecrated him to the temple. She took him to the temple. Now, Eli, the prophet, he had two sons. And his two sons, they knew their role as priests. They were priests in the temple. Yet they were sinful and defiled their roles as priests. They were immoral. And they did things that were definitely ungodly in and around the temple. They did not do the will of God. Now here's the problem with that. Eli the prophet did not do anything about his son's sins. And the scripture says the word of the Lord was rare in those days. How I many of you understand when your lifestyle is, is not the way God would have you to live or you, your family is not in order or your, your ministry is not in order. It's going to be a little difficult for you to hear from God. That is the reality. That is the truth. And today we're going to see an example of that and how God deals in that situation. Amen? Sometimes God calls us when nobody else is listening. Sometimes God calls when it's not convenient. And sometimes God calls when you just get comfortable and you think it's just time to rest. The, the reality is that when God calls, there is only one right response. And the answer is that, is this. Answer the call. Here I am. First Samuel chapter three. Even before I go there, even before I go there, Hannah, I'm gonna step back just for a second back because, because Hannah did something really, really special. When Hannah's wish, her, her, her desire for a child was granted to her, Hannah prayed a prayer to God 
that was beautiful and powerful. If you all would turn to me with 1 Samuel chapter 2, her prayer is listed, recorded right here in God's word. And Hannah prayed and said, my heart exalts in the Lord. This is from the English Standard Version. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is none holy like the Lord. For here, for there is none besides you. There is no rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is God of knowledge and by him actions are weighed. The bow, bows of the bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble bind on, bend, bind on strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry have ceased to hunger. The barren has borne seven. Yes, seven. Even after being barren for so long, Hannah bore seven children. But she who has many children is forlorn and the Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and he exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit the seat of honor. For the pillar of the earth are the Lord's and on them He has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful ones, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness. For not by might shall a man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Against them he will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of of the anointed. Hannah understood that God had did something special in her life. She understood that God had worked a miracle for her. And through that miracle, she was able to give her son, Samuel, to God for his life. That is what she promised God. Oftentimes when, when, when we, we want something from God, we're ready to make all kinds of promises. Oh God, if you give me this job, I will give so much to the church. Oh God, if you, if you give me this time off, I was, I would make sure that I spend this time with my kids and not on the golf course. Oh God, if you give me this or you give me that, I will this, I will that. But then when it's time to pay up, Sometimes, folks, sometimes we ain't exactly doing what we promised God. Hannah, on the other hand, Hannah made sure that when she said she was going to give her son over to the temples to serve God for all of his life, she was serious about that prayer. As soon as he was weaned, Hannah took Samuel to Eli the priest and gave him to her and said, I lend him to the service of God for the rest of his life. Now, how many of us are willing to take our firstborn male child 
and give them to God like that. Hannah is an example that we all should emulate in that we should be raising our children to know God like that. We may not give them over to the priesthood or to the temple, but we can definitely give them over to the word of God. Amen. First Samuel three and one. Then the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. Sometimes God calls when nobody is listening. Samuel is at around 12 years old was dedicated to serving God. His heart was pure and he had one job and that was to serve the living God. And he did that through serving Eli. At 12, he probably had knew and understood Eli's son's immorality. He probably saw the, the things that they were doing, how they would take the, the best parts of the, of the meat that was offered to God and take it for themselves. He saw that how they, they, they would lay with the, the women at the tabernacle. Now, come on. This is the, the dwelling place of God and is, and is written in, in God's word that, that Eli's sons would lay with the women at the tabernacle. Now that's just downright dirty. And where was Eli when all this was going on? Oh, did he did he say, hey, y'all shouldn't be doing this? I'm sure he did. But you're the priest, you're the, the, the prophet. You still allowed them to take and and work in the temple. Fathers, we have a responsibility for our sons and our daughters. We, Father's Day is next week. I, I'm not preaching a Father's Day sermon, but I just want to put this out there. Fathers, we have a responsibility to our sons and daughters, whether they're our children or, or children that live in our household. We have a responsibility to raise those kids in the Lord. We have a responsibility to make sure that they're hearing the gospel of God, the gospel of Jesus. They need to know the truth. They need to believe the truth. They need to let it indwell deep inside of them so it changes them from the inside out. We have a responsibility as dads, as men, as fathers, as leaders to make sure that we are keeping our kids in the fold of God. That is our responsibility as men. And Eli failed in his responsibilities. But this young man, this young man, Solomon, Samuel, at 12 years old, he probably saw all the things that the priests were doing. He saw the, the evil deeds that the priests were doing, Eli's sons were doing. Yet he didn't sway from his duties in the temple. At 12 years old, you can make a right decision at 12 years old. If a 12 year old can make a right decision at 12 years old, then I can make a right decision at 51. Amen. Yet he was not influenced by them, but rather focused on his role. He ministered to Eli, yet more importantly, he ministered to God. Hebrews 12, 28. Therefore, 
Since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Samuel, still a child, may not have known a lot about God yet, but he was diligent in his serving. Samuel was diligent in doing God's will. He knew what he was supposed to do and he didn't sway from it. So you don't have to be a scholar to serve God. You just have to answer the call. You, you, you don't have to, to look a certain way to serve God. You just have to answer the call. You don't have to talk a certain way to serve God. Simply answer the call. And he just asked you to answer the call. First Corinthians 10, 31, therefore, whether you eat, drink, or whatever you do, do all of it to the glory of God. That should be our everyday testimony. As is noted in the text, Samuel heeded to the call of service. Even when no one else was listening, he heeded to the call of service. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. That's, that's what the scripture says. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. I would submit to you that the word wasn't necessarily rare. But the hearers, just like today, are rare. Body of Christ, there are times when, when the word is going out. The preachers are preaching. The teachers are teaching. They're trying to get people to know the Lord. But we don't have people willing to hear what's going out. Sometimes if it gets to the point where nobody's listening, nobody's hearing, God may become silent. It wasn't that God wasn't calling. But there was immorality inside the house of the prophet. Again, the sons of Eli were immoral. The priest himself did nothing to check his sons. And essentially he was giving them permission. However, the youngster, the kid, the kid in the lemon ephod, his head, he had one mind and that was to serve God. How many of you all know what an ephod is? An ephod is a outfit that only the, those that work in the, the temple would wear. And it, it is designed to signify that you have set yourself apart for the service of God. At 12 years old, this young man had donned the ephod. He wanted everybody to understand and know that his service was to the Lord. It was a Lord that he may not even have understood completely. He might not even have known him completely, yet he knew that he was to serve him. Where did he get this idea from? He got it from his mother who visited him regularly. She came and visited him at the temple and she made sure that he was doing what he was supposed to be doing under the tutelage of Eli. It's amazing, church, when we take 
time to ensure that our children know the Lord. It's a big difference in our lives because you're not dealing with a bunch of headaches. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that if you raise your kids in the Lord, they ain't going to do wrong stuff because they're still kids and they're still human, just like you. Right? And don't get me wrong, just because you are in the Lord and, and you know the Lord and you pray regularly, you do uh, come to church. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that just because you're in the Lord, that you ain't going to make mistakes either because you're human and you are. Me, on the other hand, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I make big mistakes. I, I, and that's, that's, that's the reality. But we have a loving God that loves us so much that he's willing to forgive us when we are in need of forgiving. Amen. That's a loving God. However, the youngster, the kid in the linen, if I, his head, he, his hat, he had one mind and that was to serve God. What they were doing this or they were doing that is no excuse. They will be judged. BOCC, serve the Lord. That's, that's all when, when he calls, even when no one else is listening, serve the Lord. Answer the call. Now, first Samuel three verse two says, and it came to pass at the time while Eli was lying down in his place, when his eyes had begun to grow dim that he could not see. Sometimes God calls when it's not convenient for you or anybody else. See, uh, God is calling Samuel at a time when the, the one who is supposed to be mentoring him is losing his sight. He's losing his sight. Now, I would submit that not only is he losing his sight, watch this, he's losing his vision. Now, there's, there's, there's a difference between sight and vision. See, sight is, is a physical thing where we see what's in front of us. The vision puts a purpose behind what you're seeing. And, 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 and what I'm saying here is Eli not only was losing his sight, his, his, his sight was dimming. He was losing his vision. Verse 1 said, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There were no frequent visions. I find no coincidence that Eli's vision was fading and there were no frequent visions. Eli's house was not in order. It's not convenient for Eli to train up a new prophet right now. His house is not in order. He's got sons working in the temple as priests who are laying with the women that come to the temple. He's got sons working in the temple as priests who are taking the part of the of the meat that's supposed to be sacrificed to God, the best part of the meat, and taking it for themselves. And Eli is doing nothing about it. His house is not in order. Sometimes, body of Christ... We need to get our house in order. Sometimes we have to take steps that will cause us to make people in our house a little upset with us because our house is not in order and we're trying to put it in order. 
It's not easy to put your house in order when you've allowed it to get out of line. But that's what you got to do. We as men, as parents, as men and women, and as children and students, we need to put our house in order. Because you don't want to be like Eli. Because Eli was not just losing his sight. He was losing his vision. His ministry was in shambles. He wasn't serving God the way he should be serving God. His ministry was in shambles. This is not the kind of house that you would think that God would bring up the next big prophet. But God does what God does. Amen. God can and he will do what he wants to do when and where he wants to do it. I'm not surprised that Eli's eyesight had begun to dim. He didn't see the importance of checking his sons. And he allowed immorality in the house of the Lord. Galatians 6 verse 7. Do not be deceived. Here's the word. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he reap. So if you're sowing Seeds of hate and contempt in your house. You're going to feel that back to you. If you're sowing seeds of immorality in your house. You're allowing those seeds to to, to be watered and, and to to grow up. And, and then you, you, you're watering it and it's growing up. And it, it starts to grow and, and, and flower and, and spread all through your house. Just like a weed. Guess what? That is the... the, the the seed, the, the, the thing that's going to affect you because God said, I will not be mocked. Whatever, whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. Amen? We do have a, a good God. Our God loves us like no other God could because he is the only God there is. Uh, you, we hear about all kinds of other gods, but the reality is God is God and God alone. I think the song said he, he's unshakable, unstoppable. Uh, what was the last one? Unchangeable. That That's a God that, that is super. He's got powers. Uh, we, we've seen the, the, the superhero movies, the, 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 um, Avengers and, and thank you, Patrick, the Avengers and, and all the other um, superhero movies. And, and those guys, they, they look awesome. They look powerful, but they ain't real. But he is. He is. First Samuel 3, 3. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle, of the Lord where the ark of God was and while Samuel was lying down sometimes God calls when you're comfortable and you think it's time to rest you know sometimes we we get in a place where we feel good where we're at maybe you have a job that God is telling you this ain't where I want you to be but you're comfortable so sometimes you, you you're sitting in a in a a, a, a job or 
or a school or a, 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 a degree program and you know that that's not God, what God wants you to do, but you're, you're comfortable. It's easy. You can get there. It's a short distance from home. And, and my boss is nice. I know they want me to do some things that may not be as ethical as I would like to be, but it pays the bills and I'm comfortable. I feel good. Maybe you're in a relationship and you've been in this relationship for a while, but it's not going anywhere. And, and you know, you, you, you see your, your significant other regularly, but you're not married. And, and you feel like, you know, maybe this is not the one, but it's easy because it's comfortable. We know that he's going to be there. We know that she's going to be there. And she takes care of me. She, he takes care of me. They, maybe you help me with the bills or, or maybe they help me with, with whatever else. And it's comfortable. The ball. Sometimes when you're comfortable, God will throw a monkey wrench into your program. Now, God's monkey wrenches are a little different than a typical monkey wrench. You know, if we were going to throw God's monkey wrench into somebody's program, instead of looking like this, it's going to look more like this. Because God makes, he uses really big monkey wrenches. When, when he throws a monkey wrench into your program, and he's calling you out of a, a life or a lifestyle or a job or a relationship or a friendship or whatever it is, he's calling you out of, he's got a much bigger work for you. Now, it doesn't mean that just because God has thrown the monkey wrench that it always hits your program and makes you turn around because sometimes we, God has given us free will. And sometimes we know that God is saying, hey, here's my monkey wrench. And we're saying, that's not for me. (laughs) Right? Uh, Sometimes, you know, we, we, we... God's calling us into a, a certain ministry to do a certain thing. And, and you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of comfortable right here, body of Christ. I don't think I want to go nowhere. And God says, monkey wrench. And you're like, whoo, not for me. <laughs> but the reality is we have to. We don't have to, but we should respond to God when he throws that monkey wrench at you. Because the reality is, he's only doing that for your good. Amen? Uh, I'm sure that uh, the child, when he was sitting up in, in, in the, the tabernacle, he was probably curled up on his mat and ready to take that last breath, that deep breath you get just before you fall into that deep sleep. Some of y'all know that deep breath you get. You know, uh, if you like me, uh, your deep breath is attached to a machine because I, I have a little problem when I sleep at night, uh, I snore. And uh, sometimes when I snore, the breathing fails to continue. So I have this thing attached to my face and I, I know when I'm getting ready to, to really doze off because I get that deep breath. I go, that's that breath you get. Just before you doze off. That's that good breath. That one that, that, that really fills your lungs and allows you to relax. 
You get comfortable. And, and when that breath hits, for me, I'm done. I'm no longer fighting the machine. The machine is doing what it do and I'm gone. Some of y'all, it, it, if you get too comfortable, you get that deep breath and you find yourself in that place of comfort. See, see, uh, I'm sure that, uh, Samuel was feeling real good. I'm sure he was nice and comfortable. He lived in the tabernacle, in the temple, I mean, where the ark of God was. He was safe. He was secure. He, he was provided for. It was cozy there. He was lacking nothing. He was comfortable. And God, through that monkey wrench, in the program. Sometimes we can get too comfortable where we are and miss opportunities God may put in front of you. Sometimes we would rather sit and listen or stand and watch everybody else instead of just answering the call. But not Samuel. Samuel verse 3 and 4 verse 3 chapter 3 verse 4 the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here I am. He might not have known right off the bat who was calling him. He, but he answered. He might not have uh, known God in a personal way, but he answered. He might not have known exactly who it was that was calling him. But he answered. Church, I submit to you, when God calls, there's only one solution. That's the answer. Well, thinking back to my younger days, my daughter is now 19, about to turn 20. My oldest and when, when Brianna, this is my daughter, when she was three years old, she had a problem with wandering off. So we used to hold her by the wrist and we make sure whenever we went anywhere, we'd hold on to her tight because that little girl was fast. She, she, she could move, right? So we would hold her by the wrist to, to make sure that she couldn't get away. So one day, Pam and I were, were at Walmart. That was, we didn't have much money then. So we had to shop at Walmart instead of Target. It's funny, we're still shopping at Walmart instead of Target. But uh, we, we, we were shopping at Walmart, and we were looking around at stuff, and we got to these real cute children's clothes. We're thinking, oh, man, this will look cute, Umbriano, this, that, and the other. And we're looking at stuff, and we, we, we kind of lost ourselves in the moment. Then I turn around, I'm going to put the garment to Brianna to see what she looked like in it and she wasn't there. We looked all over the store. We were searching and searching trying to find my baby. Where's my baby? How many parents are out here? If you are a parent, you understand the frantic nature of that situation. We were terrified. We're in Walmart. You know, and we're, we're looking around. Every store is huge. We cannot find my baby. 
So we find a, a Walmart associate and we tell him what's going on. We, we, we lost our child. I, he asked me what she was wearing. I had not a clue. And my wife came up and she said she's wearing this, this, this. God went down to color of socks and everything. She knew from top to bottom, even what color bows she had in her head. That was impressive to me. I'm just going to be honest with you. And, and so everybody at the Walmart, they called some code. And they, I heard it go over the radio. Uh, somebody's walkie-talkie was near me. And they, they, they started searching. They were searching all over Walmart for my baby. They were looking. And in my heart, I'm like, where's my baby? Who's got my baby? What if something? You start, start thinking terrible things. What could be happening to her? What, what if somebody's taking her and they, they don't want to give her back? Or, you know, you, you got all these crazy, crazy thoughts that go through your head. Have any of you ever lost sight of one of your children? It's got to be one of the worst feelings in all of life. Did you know that uh, this is the way our father feels about us? He knows we're lost and hiding from him and his heart burns for us and to be found. We are his children and cannot forget nor forsake us. Did you know that we are not only in God's heart, but we are so special to him that we are engraved on his hand? How do I know that? Because the Bible tells me. This, that's how Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah describes God's intense love for us. And Israel had drifted away from God. And now he offers them restoration, right? So when God continues to call Samuel. So he ran, look, look at it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read it to you in, uh, in the English Standard Version because I just like that version better. And I'm preaching so I can. <laughs> then the Lord called Samuel and he said, here I am. And verse five, and ran to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and laid down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you. Call my son, lie down again. Now, I like the the New King James Version of, of this next verse. Now, Samuel did not yell, yet know the Lord and what the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. In the New King James it says, For you did call me. You know, Samuel was trying to get a little spicy. He had, he had a little, little attitude. Like, yo, because I, I, I know you called me. Right? He, he had a little attitude. But he said, Lord... And the Lord called Samuel again the third time and he rose and went to Eli and said, here I am for you call me. And then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. And therefore Eli said to Samuel, go lie down. And if he calls you, 
you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears you. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. A lot of times when God's calling you, he ain't going to give up on you. Sometimes he may call you more than once. He may call you three times. He may call you five times. It took me several times before I came to know Christ as my Lord and Savior. I have people praying for me. People asking me, Leon, you need to know God. And I'm like, I am my own God. That's where I was at. Y'all don't know this about me. But Leon thought Leon was God. What kind of nonsense is that? And the reality was, if I had not met this wonderful woman that I call my wife now, I don't know where I'd be right now because she was praying for this guy who really, really liked her, but she couldn't have nothing to do with him because he didn't know God. And 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 the, the reality is, at that time in my life, I would do anything but depend on a God other than me. But God is faithful. And he called me. He called me several times. Leon. And I went to whoever else and said, did you call me? Like, no, I ain't called you. Went back, laid down. Leon. And I went, did you call me? No, I ain't called me. Finally, Pam perceived that it was God calling me and said, we need to go to church. It was, it was funny too. I had just gotten off of work that day. So we had been married. She actually married me before I was saved. So 23 days we were married before I got saved. So for 23 days, Pam was unequally yoked in sin. That, that's, 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 so y'all could tell her that. <laughs> but 23 days after I got married, there's a preacher from Texas. He come to a church in North Raleigh to preach at a conference there. And I couldn't tell you what he preached about. Didn't matter. I couldn't tell you anything about it. You all know his name. His name is Anthony Evans. But when he gave the invitation, I found myself in the front of the church. Not a hand raised, but foot step by step in the front of the church, giving my life to Christ. And... That's my testimony today. I know that I am not God. I ain't my own God. I ain't nobody's God. And the reality is, when he called, I answered. And I got to know the Savior. So, so, so Samuel then Eli perceived that the the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down. And if he calls you again, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant here. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak for your servant hears." Then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, sometimes when you do finally listen, you get to hear the word of the Lord straight from his mouth. You, when, when you finally say, Lord, here I am, and God speaks to you, he's going to tell you something, something that's interesting, something that's, that's important, something that's going to make your ears t- 
Tingle. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel at which two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from the beginning to end. And I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. I would say Eli's got some problems ahead of him. Samuel lay there until the morning and then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. Can you imagine now you're the God has just spoken to you. You are now a prophet because God has just told you what is going to happen in somebody's life and what is going to happen in that person's life. That person that molded you, that trained you, that taught you how to, to, to work in the, in the temple and taught you how to, 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 to uh, serve the Lord and, and to, to do all the things that a minister should do. And God has just told him that he's going to punish him. Can you imagine this 12-year-old, how he must have felt, understanding that, man, he ain't going to like it what I tell him, what, I'm, what, what God has just told me. So maybe I'll just hold it to myself. And then Eli said, what was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you. And more also, if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. See, Samuel is being still being trained by Eli because Eli was letting him know that when God speaks to you now that you're a prophet, you got to tell what God has told you to whoever he has told you to tell it to. So Eli's telling them, man, you can't hold nothing back. You got to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And Samuel was afraid to tell him what he was going to tell him. But Eli made it clear, bro, if you don't tell me, it's going to be bad on you. He said, may God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him and said, and he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. Samuel accepted. He understood. He knew that his house was not in order. He knew that that his sons were doing wrong. He knew that he failed to do his part. He knew that he wasn't right with God. He knew that his heart wasn't right. There was a reason that his vision was dimming. His sight was dimming and his vision was fading away. There was a reason for that because he did not have the right relationship with God. This is the beginning of Samuel's ministry and the end of Eli's. The key is this. Samuel answered the call. He heard the voice of God calling him. He listened when no one else was listening. He responded even when it wasn't convenient. He didn't let his comfort get in the way of his salvation. He responded to God. 
When my three-year-old daughter was lost in Walmart, I was frantic and I found an associate. And we found my daughter giggling. In the middle of one of those rounders. You know what a rounder is? That, that, that's the, where they put all the clothes and it goes all around the circle, right? And I'm searching for her, I'm searching for her. Where's my baby? Where's my baby? And finally I get to this round and I'm looking around it and then I hear, <laughs> and she's giggling in there. So I spread the clothes and she's sitting in there, <laughs> and I reach in there and I grab, I got my baby. And you know, I, I have no idea why I wasn't mad. I was so happy to have my baby. You know, God feels the same way about each one of you. you know, sometimes when, when we, we stray away and, and, and we, we get outside of where God wants us to be and, 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 and we allow things to come between us and God, uh, maybe we, we, we think no one's listening. When we have problems and we have issues, we think no one's going to listen. Or maybe it's just not convenient. Maybe you're happy in your situation. As my kids say, maybe you live in your best life. But that best life is not pleasing to God. Maybe you're just comfortable where you're at. It's easy. You're able to do whatever it is you want to do. But God calls you out of all these situations. His response, there's only one right response to God when he calls you. Whether you're hiding in the racks at Walmart, carrying your own burden, and you think nobody cares about you or your feelings just like a father seeking his lost child God is a heavenly father and he's seeking after you Luke 19.10 says for the son of man came to seek the lost maybe it's just not a convenient time for you but tomorrow is not promised to anybody Maybe you're just enjoying the fruit of your lifestyle. Again, tomorrow is not promised to anyone. My petition to you today is whatever your situation is, if you know them, serve them like you know them. Serve them as if you are consecrated to the temple like Samuel was. Serve, whether you're serving in the ministry, when it's your turn to serve in that ministry, show up. When it's, when it's, when it's your turn to, to be at the door, stand at the door with a, a smile. Maybe you don't know him. Maybe you're like Samuel. The heart of a 12 year old your mind is open to him but you just haven't gotten the call 
I'm here to tell you that God is calling you today. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I would say today is the best day of your life because today is the day you need to come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Amen? God loves you so much that he was willing to hang on a cross. He was willing to, even before hanging on the cross, endure beatings, endure mocking, endure crowns of thorns, Smushed down on his head. That's because he loved each and every one of us. And his only thing that he requires of you is to answer when he calls. Amen. Let us pray. Father God. God, we love you today, Lord. We praise you. We honor you. We glorify you. And we just ask you today, Lord, just to to cleanse our hearts and our minds, Lord. Sometimes we we don't want to hear your call. We're, we're dodging the monkey wrench that you're throwing in our program, Lord. And we're, we're, we're ducking and diving, trying to avoid your will so we could do our own. But Father, I just ask that you would just soften the hearts of each and every believer in here, Lord. That we would be willing to do what it is that you have for us to do. Father, right now, maybe there's someone in here who has no recollection, no knowledge, no understanding of who you are. They're like Samuel. When you call, they think it's somebody else calling. But God, you're calling individuals in here today, Lord. Somebody in here, you're calling him, him or her to know you in a more powerful way to know you as their Savior, Lord. Father, right now, if there's someone here who doesn't know you and they want to know you as their Lord and Savior, would you just open up their heart? And if that is you in this place, would you pray with me today? Oh God, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And I ask right now that you will fill my heart with your love and your joy that you would change me from the inside out, Lord, and that you would make me one of your own. If that is your prayer, Lord, if that is your prayer, I pray right now that that you will just realize and know that God loves you and he is just taking you into his fold. Right now, with everybody's eyes shut and heads bowed, if, if you were one of those people who you didn't know Jesus before today, but today you ask him into your heart, right where you're sitting, so I can recognize who you are. Would you raise your hand right where you're sitting? Amen. Father, we thank you. We love you. We praise you. We honor you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.